Welcome to another week of It's Just My Thoughts, and I'm your host, Mika Reeves. And what's up, y'all? Today, I have friend of the show, Chantel, and uh, we're going to chat it up today. I'm super excited. Say hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> so what's been going on with you? Um, just this usual being a mom, working, um, just part of my next moves. Nothing too big. I feel you. I um, last weekend I didn't record because we had the baby shower, which was just it, that thing had me entirely, entirely too busy. I really just wanted to be a guest, just show up <laughs> like everybody else. But um, you know, I was helping and doing all this stuff, and so um, and I cooked a few dishes. And so Saturday, I spent, yeah, girl, Saturday I spent majority of my day like kind of like getting stuff prepared and making sure mm-hmm. we had plates and, you know, just making sure we had like all the in-between stuff to make sure we didn't forget anything. Yeah. And, and it, what's crazy is the Thursday before, okay, the baby shower was on Sunday, the Thursday before they, we had already paid for their venue and everything. And so we already had in our mind, like what we had going on, where we going, you know, the invitations out. Well, they definitely called like Thursday evening and was like, yeah, our pipes bust and we can't have anything here. So we literally had to make a mad dash scramble. One of my Teresa's friends worked at a hotel and she ended up getting her um, getting her a room and it ended up being cheaper. So we got our deposit back, you know, got the money back from those other venue, had to do a last minute switch on the venue. It was crazy. So it was just like the most going on, but it worked out because the room they gave us was it was nice and it was small but it it was enough um and so honestly it was also really nice just being around people crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that um i don't think i've been around people like people people in mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and so and just seeing family and stuff like my nieces and nephews were there um, my other sister was there. Uh, so it was cool. So they got a whole bunch of stuff and, and that was good to celebrate them. And now we're just waiting on a baby. Right? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and then uh, uh, let's see what else I have going on. And then this week, uh, Friday night, we went to this, um, we went to this kind of like, I guess it would be like a lounge. Um, it was called Studio 229 in Charlotte. And um, it's black owned. It was a really dope spot, and they had this like Mary J tribute band, and um, that was cool. And that, and that was my first time seeing live music since 2019. Uh-huh. So it was, it's just crazy when you like we're getting back into like normalcy. It still bugs me out that we. we I I think did they in North Carolina did they fully take away the mask mandate or is it is it gone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I still had on my mask, even though I'm vaccinated. Um, Les is vaccinated, but we had on our mask just because I guess it's just, I don't know. I feel like when I'm going to the bar or something, common courtesy would be to put my mask on, but there are nobody had no mask on. It was didn't. no, nobody. And I'm just like, I think if I, if I wasn't vaccinated and I, I think I would have felt weird, me personally. Like I would have been like, uh. so it, it's been um, interesting getting back into normalcy, I guess. Um, but that was so much fun um, going and uh, the band was was dope. It was hosted by this girl named Candy Sugarfoot Herbin. She's kind of like a local, uh, like a like she usually performs in Greensboro, but she came up and she hosted. But she did like four songs. She tore that shit down. Yeah, she tore it down. When I get done with this, I'm gonna send you. I got some videos of some stuff. 
But the place was really dope. Jamonte mom was telling me that um, just a couple weeks ago, it was like packed out there because Fantasia had her baby shower there. Uh-oh. Yeah. So it was cool. So how do you feel about getting back into normalcy? I know you see people in person. You've been seeing people in person, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm uh, excited for it. I'm ready for it. Um, this whole time that COVID has come in and changed everything, I hated it. Um, so I'm excited. I'm not scared. Um, I'm just ready. Like, let's. I want to be back around people. Yes. I, it, it, I ain't gonna lie to you. You don't realize how much you're starving for people until you actually start going around people again. I was like, yo, this is crazy. It felt so great just to be around people. It has felt great. Um, because I really just been around my family, like literally, you know. And then I see a few friends, but not really. I only really, honestly, only really hang out with the same exact people, you know. So I really haven't seen other people. So yeah, it was cool. So I don't know. I guess we're we're opening back up. The world's opening back up. I don't know because it was no mask in sight, and I was like, Lord. Even here, yeah. Even here, um, when we go to like bars and stuff, they'll make you put it on to walk in, but nobody has them all inside. Mm -hmm. And I always found it weird anyway, because when you would go to restaurants, they'll do the same thing, like wear it to walk in, and then when you sit down, take it off. That don't make no sense to me. Yeah. Well, I think that no, like, because they were dissing the tables, maybe. So when you come in and sit down, the tables are, girl, it don't, I, it don't make sense. I feel like at the end of all of this, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I haven't had, I never had caught COVID, but I feel like one, if we all got checked, you know, our antivirus, whatever, just see, I bet all of us probably had that shit. I, just, I personally feel that way. Like, I'm like, because at the beginning, it's no way that me and Les didn't get it because this is, we went out of town to Denver in an international airport. And we went out of town. Nobody had on masks. This is when, like, and COVID was going on, but we didn't know that we were masks yeah. before, just before any of that stuff. Girl, so we in the airport. Yeah, I was hand sanitizing, doing all that stuff, and I was wiping our seat down, but we were out there. We were outside, okay? And then in, in the house, it was like about 14 of us maybe inside of uh, this big ass. I mean, it was crazy. And then right when we got back, a day later, they shut down. They shut down the world. So you're not gonna tell me. I I, I feel like either we were really extremely lucky, or I don't know. But it yeah. wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me because think about it. COVID happened in January. We were still all walking around with no mask. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't be um surprised. But yeah. So that's all I had going on. Just you know, getting back to you know, working like a slave and. Uh, <laughs> Telling you, work has been intense, and so I've been doing that and just trying to just you know. And I've been uh, starting back, you know. I told them I think last episode or two episodes ago, starting back working out. So I got my first five k Wednesday. Oh yeah. And I haven't ran a race since 2019, so Ooh. I'm trying to see how this one go. So I'm do you have to prepare for it? Well, I've been preparing, but honestly, I'm out of shape, and so I'm trying to get back in shape. And the only way to fully do that, like as far as running, you just gotta you just gotta run. And you can't really get fully, fully in shape unless you run races like with other people to kind of really gauge yourself. Because I can go outside and do my thing, but you know, I'm like one of those people that get tired. I'm like, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not always a self pusher, right? So if my ass about to fall out on the side of the road, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a stop. You know, <laughs> you know. But in a race, you feel more compelled to kind of like keep up with the flow, kind of. You know, you might see markers in front of you of people, and you kind of keep going. So I need mm-hmm. races to hold me accountable. 
Okay. I can't hold myself accountable outside. It's hot too. Uh-huh. I'd be like, okay, I'm good. Go ahead. Y'all go ahead. You know, so. And you said when is it scheduled for? When, we, I have a race on Wednesday. And okay. then me, Jamonte, and my trees, we have a race on Saturday. So I have two in one week. And that's going to be crazy. And I, and I think my sister is going to attempt to walk it, but I don't know. So. Mm-hmm. And then I think he's just, well, I think Jamonte is not going to run it. I think he's going to walk it with her. So we did this race. We signed up for this race last year, but then when COVID hit, um, they didn't give us refunds. They just pushed it to this year. So like, it kind of sucks because she's pregnant, but so she doesn't get to run it, but they'd already pay for it. So, mm-hmm. so we're doing that. And so, um, yeah, but I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm excited. I'm trying to get back to my new normal. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm ready just to get back to normal, right? So trying to at least because I got to get this weight off. I'm trying to at least lose 10, 10, 10, 15 pounds or something. I've been getting out that jump rope that night. If me and my daughter are not, if our day isn't packed all the way up until the nighttime, me and her will go out there while she's riding her bike. I'll do it. Um, but if we don't get it, then I'll wait till she goes to bed, and then I'll go downstairs and try to jump rope. Been trying to jump rope at night and then yoga in the morning. Okay. I chose jump roping just because they said that like it's like running almost like you target everything. And I'm like, whatever works the fastest. You know what's crazy though? When we were young, our ass could jump rope and shit all fucking day. It's just like riding a bike, right? Now mm-hmm. as an adult, jump roping and riding a bike, girl. Yeah, I barely can make it up the hill on my bike. <laughs> you know, when you're young, you could do that shit all day. You you out there outside all day riding your bike, playing and stuff. And it's crazy how when you're a dog, it's like, what happens? Goodness, mm-hmm. I don't know what. A little bit more weight too, like <laughs> right that part, that part. But um, all right, cool, cool. Well, I'm happy that you're joining me today. Um, so I'm gonna jump into motivational Monday and do some excellence, and then we'll get into our conversation. Okay. All right. So today for motivational Monday. I had a journal entry um, from my mindfulness journal. And what I want you to write about is what gave me joy today. So just spend a few moments, um, you know, jot down some of the things that gave you joy in that day and um, see how it makes you feel. So for Black Excellence, I thought this was cool. This is your alma mater, but Howard University, they renamed the College of Fine Arts after Chadwick Bozeman. Did you see that? I saw that. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, I've I've never heard a single negative thing about Chadwick, and it's always been that he was just you know so full of grace and just a very just beautiful man. So I think this is really cool that they named that after him. So big up to that. I think last week my Black Excellence went well. I think I talked about how Felicia Rashad is the dean now. Uh-huh. Over there. That's yeah, great, man. that's cool. We had a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, that's that's super that's super dope though. So that's that's really cool. Um. I uh, I love HBCUs and just, you know, what they represent and, and what they do. You know, me and you had a conversation about a child going to Central, so <laughs> about that. And, um, yeah, so I think this is cool. All right, so let's just get into the conversation. So today I wanted Chantel to come on, friend of the show. Um, I wanted to just kind of pick her brain and just uh, talk about her journey going into the, uh, the therapy social work space. Um, and so with this being the last day of um, Mental Health Awareness Month, I really wanted to have this conversation. So I barely made it in here. <laughs> this post is going to be the end of the month, but, um, but we made it. So let's just get into the Thought of the Week conversation.
So let's just start with um, talking about like your journey and what brought you to into this field. Um, so I got into social work um, through the graduate program. Um, for undergrad, I majored, I double majored in African American studies and sociology. After I graduated, I had already applied to Howard, but I just deferred my enrollment because I want to take a year off. Um, during that year, I thought that I was going to get a job at social services um, because I knew that I wanted to help um, get people resources. And I had been learning about the Black Panther Party and how they did like free breakfast and the free clinic. So I was like, I just want to get in social services because I want to help. I want to get be able in a, in a position to give people resources that they need. Uh, but I didn't get the job. Um, I applied to um, a social, it was a case manager position in Fayetteville, and I didn't get it. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to just um, go back to school and make my, and um, like, focus. Instead of, like, sociology is pretty broad, African-American studies, it's not tailored to a, uh, or tied to a specific field. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to just do social work so that way when I come back and apply again, they'll definitely let me in. Um, so I went there thinking that I'm, I'm going to get this degree so that I can get a job at social services, got in there. And one of the first things I saw on the wall was a big thing telling you everything that a social worker could do. And it was like 50 things up there. I was like, I didn't know that's how, that they could do all of that. Um, and all throughout the classes, they kept talking about clinical therapy. And I was like, I don't really want to do therapy, but it, it will, the skills will be good to have to use with my friends and family. So I was like, I'm going I'm to make sure I pay attention to this part. So fast forward to graduation. By the end of, um, yeah, I don't even think at the end of the course was I set on being a therapist. But by the time I graduated, I was like, yeah, I'm going to probably do therapy. Even when I got out, my first job was a case manager um, position. But shortly after that, I went and did um, clinical therapy. So yeah, that's awesome. You know, um, one of my story sisters who's like she was my she was my college um, uh, advisor for my sorority. Um, she's a social worker and she's just a beautiful person, right? Beautiful person. Um, and I don't I don't know any social workers that just don't have a love and passion for what they do because that shit is so hard. <laughs> you know, you have to have just the desire and really the passion to want to be you know help people. You know, I feel like, um, yeah, I'm the same way, obviously, about being a therapist too. But social work, uh, social work to me, um, it's a whole another belly of, uh -huh. of what you, um, you know, kind of go through or whatever. So that's really cool. Um, I know, uh, my therapist that I have right now, she's a licensed um social worker, and um, I have two that I kind of flip between sometimes and so you can always tell a difference with um the type of you know kind of field degree field that you came into with you know so um so that's cool so what do you do i know you're saying that you kind of went into the therapy field like so you can uh better speak to like your family and things like that so what do you do um like to decompress or like, uh, do you have boundaries set with people now that you are in this space? Like, you know, um, do you feel like you have to do that or what do you do to decompress after work? To decompress after work, I'm still trying to find the perfect thing that works for me. Um, but 
because I'm moving from like everybody at first until you know better um, or when you know better, you do better. So it's like before I, I had some unhealthy um, coping skills and now that I know better, it's like, okay, I have to practice what I'm preaching. So I've been, um, the jump roping has helped a lot. Like when I get frustrated, because I want to get physical. Like I'll be wanting to, I'll be feeling the aggression inside me. Like I want to hit something. So I'll go downstairs and jump rope until I'm like sweating everywhere to like, you know, relieve that pressure. And then last night, because I've, I've been thinking about the questions all week, last night I went outside um, on my balcony and turned some music on. And we're just sitting out there kind of trying to meditate. Uh, of course, it takes practice to get better at it. But I really feel that I was in the beginning stages of like meditating. Even though the cars and everything was going by, it was so loud. But it wasn't like I could still like, you know, go inward and just find a state of peace for a little bit. So I said I want to incorporate that more. And then also just reading books that will, and something like, because I'm finding out that I can't read heavy book after heavy book. Like I need something heavy and then something light to kind of like, you know, offset it a little bit. Because once I go from, like you sent me the book about, um, yeah, you sent me that book. And then I tried to, after that, I wanted to read post-traumatic slave syndrome and I had you saw well I told you about some of her videos Dr. Joy DeGrasse yeah. DeGru um but she has a book on it and she has a course I really want to take the course um but I couldn't get through the book because I had just finished that one I'm like uh it's too much so I'm trying to read I've never heard of that book yeah she she did a, um like what she did in that workshop she has a book on it and a whole course that's like eight nine hundred dollars and but i want to take it because it's important and that was good information in it so it is um, the thing is i'm i'm like that way too i actually i read all the time you know that so i have to like i map up how i'm you know what i'm gonna do and isaiah laughs at me a lot because he's like why do you always read sad books you know because i'm really like historical fiction so i read you know besides reading like my therapy stuff like i read a lot of historical fiction so i read a lot of slavery you know, mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. And um, so I'm always in here crying, you know, looking crazy. Yeah. And uh, and I have to balance it out because that it does get heavy. And when you're already kind of like working in a heavy space, you know, like how sometimes I'm treating have days where you're like, God, today was some shit. And then you mm -hmm. you're reading something heavy. I get that. Truly, I, I get that. So I have to kind of like sprinkle um light, heavy. Cause I'm on I was on this roll recently where I read like I think I read like four or five like slavery books in a row. <sighs> yeah, it was just, and um, I don't know what I had going on. Um, Cause I just, I just, I just love it. You know, mm -hmm. like, it's sad. And a lot of people be like, they don't understand how I can stand reading. Like, it's so important, you know? Yeah. And um, they actually went through that. Like it's sad to read, to learn about, but they actually went through it. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I, I totally, totally get that. Um, I was trying to think what else. And another thing you had said, too, about the meditation, that's something that I actually personally want to get more into. I have actually finally sunk into solitude. And I was having this conversation with my friend the other day. And um, I was telling her, I'm like, you know, I sometimes have to remind myself that I have a family. They're here, you know, like, and to be, you know, uh, immersed because 
I love solitude. I love being alone in my thoughts. And sometimes I feel like I, I don't know if I am neglectful, but I feel like sometimes like I can get lost in my own thing. Like after work at night, you know, I like to sit in quiet and read my book. And then, you know, but when you have, you know, you know, you have kids, like when you have a family, you just sit and just, you know, yeah. present sometimes. And figuring out that balance is what, you know, I've been like, kind of like working on, but the meditating piece and like yoga and stuff like that, I want to, I want to try to do that more often. I haven't, I can't, I'm not gonna say I can't, but I haven't gotten to a point that I can uh, make my mind still, if that makes sense. Okay. My mind is constantly like going, 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 going. Yeah. And you have to let it run. Like you have to. I was uh, suggesting it to one of my clients and I'm like, that's what stops a lot of people from doing it is because you can't get your mind to be still. But that's why you have to keep practicing it. Like when I first started to do it, I just, you know, as the thoughts came, I'd be like, okay, you know, okay. I wouldn't really entertain it, go back and forth, but you know, okay, you want to come out, come out, let the thought go. And then uh, and then another trick they say is just to focus on your breathing. That's what helps me like get into that state. You taking a deep breath in and imagining that breath going all throughout your body. And when you're taking a deep breath, I mean, and you when you're exhaling, paying attention to where 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 in your body can you feel that breath going to. So that gets your mind off of other stuff as well because you're focusing on something. Yeah. So that really. Helps. That's awesome. So do you feel like um, you have to? put up boundaries with like your friends and family? Like, do you feel like they come to you more now to talk to you and things like that? Or what do you do in regards to that? I don't think I am now starting to work on putting boundaries in place, but I would say that they used to call on me more uh, before I was a therapist um, than they do now. So I don't know if I have been slowly, but surely putting those boundaries in before I even got to this place, but um, they do it a lot. They do it a lot less now, uh, and I like that. I'm here sometimes. Before I would definitely be taking on the weight of everybody, and I just had to tell myself, um, you know, I'm not responsible for anybody. One of the best quotes, or one class I was in, I just any time the teacher says something, I would just write it down on a sticky note. But she was like, "People will find a way to get their needs met without you." Like, and then when I had to think about, like, you know, if you need something, you can think, you planning out how to get that need met. Like, you have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. Well, okay, well, if this fall through, then this. And that's the same with people. So it's like, I don't, I stop feeling like, you know, if they don't get it from me, they won't get it at all. No, people can get their needs met. Yeah. And I'm not responsible for anybody. Having a child also helped me realize that that is the only person I'm responsible for. Like, nobody else. Yeah. You know, that was actually really hard for me. Um, when I first went into therapy, the first thing I worked on was boundaries. And that shit took me like two years. To, mm -hmm. it, it was like, I could not. <laughs> I had to literally break that thing down piece by piece because I just kept, you know, I when you're so used to doing something for so long and, mm -hmm. you know, and you're so used to taking care of people and like, I mean, I feel like I had people on like, like I had a payroll for people. <laughs> and I mean, I'm sitting here sometimes. No, it was crazy. Like I, I do, I do well for myself, but then it, it got to a point where I will like be looking at my money and like, where is my money? You know, I can't do certain. I was like not doing certain things for myself because I'm paying OT bills. 
it was crazy mm-hmm. when you like actually sit and think you're like how the fuck are you doing this yeah and, I mean, you're neglecting yourself though because i wasn't even doing stuff for myself but then you just feel like you know especially with family you know you feel like oh i need to you know i care yeah. i love them girl that thing took me a long time to finally speak for myself and be like listen i can't do this and and not feel bad about it you know and now i don't, I don't feel bad about it at all you know but i also since i have boundaries i'm actually a lot more happier than i ever been in life because it's just that burden taken away but boundaries is really fucking hard yeah they really start working on boundaries it's very hard took me two years i'm still working on mine myself Uh, i've got better at saying no um but i'm still working on like speaking up more for myself just in general um because i just be worried about you know i don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or i don't want to offend them but i've seen a quote today saying you can't you're not honest if you are worried if you're always worried about offending somebody and i was like that's definitely true so it's I have plenty of thoughts and opinions that I keep to myself for the sake of not making somebody else feel uncomfortable. So I'm still working on it though. I used to be like that too, but then you know what I had to I still work on that too, but I used to also tell you <laughs> how I felt and I was rough about it, you know. So for me, like I had to work on just how I talk to people. So now like I'm not, I'm I have an easier time telling you because I know how I'm gonna deliver this to you. Like I know that. I have to know how to just like be more, just do it with respect. You know what I'm saying? And more, a little more class. So what advice do you give to people? Well, first let's talk about, let's, let's pause on that advice. Do you still see um, people carrying like misconceptions on therapy? Like, do you ever hear uh, people kind of like give you negative thoughts toward therapy? And then what advice do you, would you give? sometimes but i feel like um we're getting better about it just like as a whole i see a lot more positive um and then positive things and encouragement you know for people to actually go out and seek therapy so i'm proud of that like the narrative is changing um but for the people who still have something you know negative to kind of say i just tell them to give it a try for themselves you know don't go off of what other people said and i always give a little history lesson too I have to tell people that, you know, especially if you're black, we come from traumatized people. You know, we are we are traumatized. Those things have been passed down to us um, genetically, you know, socially, all of that. So it's like you're not untouched. You're not untouched. We we need it more than anybody. So for sure, though. And then once I break down all the stuff that they've seen, like, okay, have you seen or our ancestors seen their kids getting sold away or their husbands getting killed and all this type of stuff what do you think you definitely need to watch their wives be raped you know be raped exactly like you can't go through all of that and be untouched and if we're here you know 98 percent of us um have slave ancestors so we're, we're not untouched you need to go um and just try it out for yourself i have one client who said you know, when he was signing up, um, people was telling him, like, go ahead and go. It was like, don't expect any fast results. It may take a long time. But for him, it was kind of quick. Because mm-hmm. he had, you know, um, and one of my old supervisors would tell me that she loved getting the worried well clients who didn't have too deep of um, issues. So he was one of those clients. And he's doing great. Like, he's like a month or two in. And he was like, I'm really feeling better. Like, I'm feeling better. 
So I just say give it a try, give it a um, chance for yourself before you, you know, state your opinion on it. Don't let it be from what you hear everybody else say. Because I think, you know, what I think growing up, um, while I was hesitant at first going into therapy, uh, growing up, it was such a connotation of like, oh, they're crazy. You know, like you're crazy if you go or something's wrong with you. And usually you never heard anything towards um, you know, mental health. Like we do in my household, we do so many things towards mental health to where it's just normalized. Like, you know, with, with you know, with Isaiah, it's definitely a normal thing for us to talk about all that shit. Like journaling, you know, we we normally like we just it's just normal. Right. And I even said, like, you know, with me, you know, wanting to go into motherhood again and like uh, starting the whole process over, I think it would be cool to incorporate like um sitting at the kitchen table together after your day and talk about your wins for the day and like, you know, still encouraging journaling and things like that. And I wish that when I was young that I had that, you know, like mm-hmm. somebody actually talked to me about my mental health so I can understand how to navigate. Like I'm, my life, I feel like would have been so much fuller if my mm-hmm. parents, and they didn't know, you know, but if my parents really would have been like talking about mental health. And that's how it became once I got older and got in, and came into therapy. That's how it became a passion of mine because when I started going and just how light I felt and how like, and don't get me wrong, like at the beginning, it was very rough, right? Getting through the muddle of shit because I mean, you got years of packed on and I had my own level of childhood trauma, you know what I'm saying? And um, so when I got through all of that, um, it was beautiful getting to the other side. But it took me a, it took me a while to get to the other side, you know, like, but I also was really invested. And so when I tell people, people run for me, girl, because they be like, okay, here come Mika talking about coming to go to therapy. But I think like I'm in agreement with you. I think all of us should go. And I think it's just be, you know, obviously therapy can be somewhat expensive, but I mean, you can find, you know, EAP through your job and your free sessions and things like that. And like I, like my job, like you can go five sessions for stress. You can come back and say you got five, you got something else wrong with you. And, you know, they can give you another three, five. Like it has to be something different every time, but it's still whatever. I don't think they really check that shit like that. And so you get the session. And so, you know, what I tell people, I think sometimes therapy doesn't work for people when they are unwilling to go through the muddle part. It's like mm-hmm. they start getting hard, they want to quit. You know, mm-hmm. or they don't want to finish it up. And um and I and I, I always can tell when it's like that because they'll be like, I didn't like how it made me feel. Why? Because it made you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, and then right when they feel uncomfortable, they want to quit. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I see and I've that, like a lot. I've had clients where we start and I can just tell um when they won't like come back. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they'll take a few breaks in between because I've said something to really make them think and it's it's uncomfortable for them. I have one who tells me that and he gets like angry about it. He's scared of what happiness will look like for him. Mm-hmm. He's been so traumatized, like to the point where he has all kind of voices in his head and some of them command him to do certain things that he knows is not that he knows is not appropriate. Um, he's like in his 50s now and he's been struggling with that for his whole life um, but every time we get to talking about you know being happy he says that like I don't want to change like I don't want to yeah. and I had to call him back and apologize to him for one day because I felt like I pushed him really hard one day 
And I knew I pushed him hard because he went out and when he scheduled his next appointment, he was kind of like telling on me to the receptionist like, oh, well, she making she wants me to do this and I don't want to do that. So some people just don't. And it's, he's scared. Yeah. And I just I called him back the next day. And was like, I apologize. If you don't want to change, you don't have to. I'm going to continue being that space for you. Um, to just vent and get off your chest some of those things that you've been holding in because that's what some of the issues is. The things that you don't, that you hold in, that's what's eating at you. Like, let it out. This is a safe space. Let it out. He's like, well, I don't want you to look at me as a bad person. Who am I to judge? Who is anybody to judge? We don't have that right. So in this space, you say whatever you want to say in here. Like, I don't, I will not think of you in any sort of way. I'm just glad that you're letting it out. Yeah. So I think it's interesting people going to therapy and then worry about the therapist judging them. You know, I never had that. I never felt that way because I want to go there. I'd be letting it rip. I know my therapist probably be like, Lord. Mm-hmm. I never, but I, but it, that's a real thing though. But I never think about like how they feel like the therapist would judge them because I'm like, I feel like that's what you're there for. Is if you, have- well, you think about think about the people who um are referred there though. Like, we get a lot of people who are referred from their doctors. If you ain't really want to go and somebody just kind of, like, said you need to go, um, then I can get it from that way. I can get that, too. Because I, I don't think if you're if you're not locked in to where you want to you want to you know, get the help and, like, actually, you know, get the healing, it's not going to work. You just wasting your time. It ain't going to work. Um, yeah. I I see that a lot. Uh, just with conversations I have, I can always tell when I have conversations with people because I'm 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 so like passionate about it, and I can always tell when I talk to people like, hmm, yeah, you're mm-hmm. not there yet. Because I think the reason why it worked for me because I was tired. Like mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I gotta figure. Because I I was my thing was I was tired of having unhealthy relationships, and mm-hmm. I could not figure out. And it wasn't just uh love relationships it was like my friendships like I could not figure out like why am I and it wasn't all my friends but, like just sometimes I would come across like toxic people and why am I attracting toxic people and and why am I being toxic you know obviously I, I think I was toxic in some of those relationships and then it was just like you know um and why are some of my relationships toxic right and it was like back to back to back like I kept getting into these shits and I'm like yeah, because it gets to a point where it can't be everybody else's fault. It has to be your fault as well. And and mm-hmm. I wanted to fully figure out why this was, right? And one of my like my my aha moment in therapy was when my therapist was like, um, and I don't know how long after we had talked, it was a few months in, I think, after we kind of went through some of my shit. And she was like, Go home and read about adults. Uh, adult children from alcoholic parents girl when I read that thing and she sent me all the shit and I think she sent me a website and I was like almost like it was like reading me like I was like almost every corner on there and I and I didn't even realize like I mean you know my dad was alcoholic right and I'm like and I didn't realize like how it affected me you know I ended up being a I had a savior complex you know, and all, all this shit, it was crazy. And I was like, wow. Like, and that's when I really started taking serious and researching childhood trauma and how it affects you. And, you know, just how you think that you're good and you don't lock some shit away somewhere 
and it comes <laughs> out in all these crazy ways and or you're triggered by something and i really didn't understand any of that stuff and that's what made me start going down this rabbit hole of just like research because i really was passionate about um you know how i presented myself and i really wanted to be better like a better person but i really really wanted to heal because i really didn't realize how affected i was until until then uh, I think for me, um, my daughter really, the birth of my daughter really brought, kind of like forced me um, to seek help because I think I have done, I had done a pretty good job at like numbing myself to anything that I had went through. So um, like I was just going, I'm thinking I'm good, but deep, because I, I thought I done buried everything deep down. But once I had my daughter, um, a postpartum depression like really affected me and I don't even know if it was postpartum or just her being born just like was a trigger for me because it's like this is somebody that I have to protect um and I was just you know crying by her every night she's a newborn baby and I'm just crying with her like you know I never want anything bad to happen to her um and to the point where and even even still then, you know, I'm doing it at night, getting up in the morning, a new face on and going out to tackle the day. But I was in class and there was a assignment that said we were, everybody was doing it. And it was saying, like, name a time where you was afraid and you felt like you couldn't tell anybody. I could not answer the question. Like, and even though he wasn't answering out loud, he was writing it. I like had a breakdown in the class, like to the point where it wasn't loud or anything but people was looking around and I'm just like steadily wiping my eyes through the thing and somebody was like you know are you okay of course once they do that you just break all the way down so yeah. I leave out the class and then my teacher my professor came uh, she told me to go in her office and this is what I love about being at HBCU she didn't tell me you know like well you can go home for the day she's like no go in my office and wait on me when this is over I'm gonna come up there and talk to you um, because they were, most of the professors were professors and therapists. Yeah. So I went up there and waited on her. She brought all of my stuff up with her. And she talked to me and I told her what triggered me and talked about the incident, you know. And she um, she suggested I get therapy. And while I was in school, they let us um, use BetterHelp, um, which is an online platform for therapy where you can email, text, video, however you want it. So um, I signed up um, probably like a week or so later because I'm like, okay, yeah, with my school insurance. And once I become fully licensed, I want I plan to get on that platform because that was great for me. Like I didn't, I wasn't all the way ready to go see somebody in person, but being able to just talk and text with her, like I got me here where I am like I'm in a much healthier space I still go through my stuff and I feel like when you was talking about the relationships it's like I feel like I had probably gotten to a place where I was like numbing myself again and so in my last relationship they kind of like woke me up and showed me again like okay you you've been numb like you're not healed and so it different stuff would trigger me and I feel like the relationships just bring, like, pay attention or, like, makes you pay attention to your stuff that you're trying to push down. Like, it brings it up, like, no. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's easier to point out in another person, but I've, I'm to a point now where I'm like, anything that, and that same professor said the same thing, like, 
anything that irritates you about somebody else, that's something in, in you that you don't like. That's how you can identify it. And like for one of the questions that you asked too about the advice, listen to the cliches. Like they say, um, take one to no one. That's for real. Because how you know that somebody's doing that? Because you've done it before. Yeah. And then I even went as far as like think about when you get face to face with somebody and you look into their eyes, what do you see? You see yourself. Like when you look in their pupils, all you see is yourself. And I'm like, that's on a physical level, but I think that spiritually as well. Like you, yeah. you see yourself in that person. You know, and you're very right. And I, and I, um, I have these conversations when I talk about friendships, especially in friendships, because um, I think that's so important. Like who you align with, who you're around, you know, um, and a type of energy, you know. And I, and and I'm more serious about it now because I've been in therapy. And because I've, you know, like I was telling you, like I had unhealthy relationships with people or people that was just fucking toxic. And it's like, I don't personally desire, you know, those type of, you know, friendships and relationships. And, and so for me, it's like, I love the space that I'm in. And I like that my village is very small. Like I, I have a lot of friends, quote unquote, but I only have a small village, right. Of like, people I really like. And so when I meet people, even like people, you know, when I met you and I'm like, oh you know this is you know a really dope chick you know what i'm saying like and i hit you up all the time just saying like keep going girl and like you know if, if i can say something positive whatever because i think we all need that you know yeah. just having you know stuff like that and so you know it's i'm not perfect and i'm still like a work in progress with a lot of things but i think just just even what you're saying like acknowledging like oh like these are pieces that i still need to kind of work through because i think honestly the work is something we're gonna have to do for the rest of our lives. It's an everyday thing, you know. Because I have moments where I'm ready to just cuss somebody the fuck out, right? And, and try not to be that person, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Mika, you know. But it's hard, man. Like where I have to be like, okay, breathe, you know, or just stop, or just stop talking, and just give yourself a minute, you know. And I and I still fall short sometimes, you know, like uh, with a lot of things. But I think acknowledging it and you know, putting in the work to just keep working. Even if mm -hmm. the moment you fall short, you know, you you recognize it and just be like, okay, I'm gonna keep pushing it. You know what I'm saying? So right. um let me let's see. Um I personally think that everybody should go to therapy. And even if it's not like I go now, um I've said this on another episode, but I started out super intense. So I was going like two, three times a week right mm -hmm. because that's how fucked up i really felt you know like and then i then i went through burnout um because burnout is real and i was actually having like suicidal thoughts it was crazy mm -hmm. i never never had this feeling before but i was working two jobs i was in grad school doing doing the fucking most okay i was doing <laughs> entirely the most like so i'm literally working my main job going to my part-time job and then when i would get home from work at night i would stay up and do my grad school work Right. And I did, I just did not think, I don't know. It was weird. It's like, I was just so just like zero, zeroed in, you know, like, let me just do this, this, and this. I didn't even need the second job. Okay. No idea why I was even working that shit. Didn't even need it, but it was like my play money. And I'm like, but mind you, like I have all these things, video games, books, all this shit could not read. Could, Cause that's how burnt out I was. I was so just, you know, and so when I started having like, you know, these feelings and I mean, it was like too scary to the point. I never told anybody, like I would be sitting at the stoplight and I'm like, 
if I just drove out in traffic right now, I probably could just die. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like when, like when you start like thinking that shit and you actually mm-hmm. kind of like speaking it, you know, and then that made me go. So first, so when I, that was other stuff, I was like addressing, like getting past the burnout because burnout is real. And I don't do that anymore. Like I kind of figure my shit out a little bit. I've been working seven days a week for the past, like, I don't know how many weeks to where, like I told you yesterday, I was like, I'm taking Monday. Like we're off tomorrow on Monday. What today? When you hear this, me Monday. And then I, I took Tuesday off just to sit and do absolutely fucking nothing and get my shit together. Because I can fall into where I work, 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 work. Yeah. Um, and so my other uh, question is, with what you know with life, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, I would definitely say, listen, take heed to those cliches. When you're younger, you kind of like, and you haven't experienced much, you're going to be like, you know, why do I keep saying that? But I feel like the cliches are things that several people, like so many people have agreed on. So it's like, you know how people be like, you know, learn from our mistakes. I feel like those cliches are a way for us to um, avoid those certain mistakes. Because it's like so many, it's a cliche. So many people have went through that and it's the same every time. So it's like, I feel like you should do that. Um, that's what I would tell myself, like pay more attention because I'm an Aquarius, I'm, I'm a rebel and it's like, I just be like, you know, if I haven't experienced it, then that's not what it's going to be for me. Yeah. You know, until I go through it, then that's just not what it's going to be for me. I won't know until I get through it. So, um, I would tell my younger self that, and then I will also just say, um, worry about love later. I think that would be the main thing. I don't regret anything because all of my experiences have made me who I am today and I like who I am today. But I would just say that, you know, and even if I did date people, I would really just like date for and like for what it like date in the way that it actually means. Dating is you're dating people to, you know, until you get married. It's like you. How they say you're single until you're married. That's for, I, I would want to go by that. Like, so I don't. I just had this conversation. I would just say later for love. You know, you don't have to be exclusive. You don't have to be tied down to one person because for what? Y'all are not married. Yeah. And if you come and if it doesn't work out, then you just wasted some time. Like, yeah. With with Isaiah yesterday. But we also had this conversation before and before. And before mm-hmm. Because. Um, and I try to not be too much like down his throat about it, but you know, I, I wish that when I went to school I wasn't in a relationship. That's just the truth. You know, like when I when I was young, like I was like, oh, in love, and you know, like and because and also because once again, I had trauma. I had my where I'm like, this is my person, like you know, like and so I felt like I, you know, me me and that person both was clinging to each other, but I didn't do shit when I first went to school. I mean, I'm seeing acting like I'm married, you know, he was kind of controlling and he didn't want me to do shit. And it wasn't normal. You know, 17 mm-hmm. years old, you should not be sitting here acting like y'all own each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell Isaiah, like, I obviously if he meets somebody that really just have him like where I, he just like my sister met and Jamonte met freshman year. Right. Right. And and they she was instantly in love with them. And I mean, and she's still in love with them and they're still together. And so, yeah, like, if you meet somebody where you just really feel this, I'm not going to ever since say no, but should you date and be free for a moment and just learn yourself and as you grow into a man, yes, like, you should, it'd be too much, but date, 
and have fun and be respectful and responsible, you know? But right. I'm like, I don't want him to go to school and, and find somebody freshman week. And, uh, you know, school ain't even started yet. And now, you know, you in second semester and now you might actually really, you know, maybe met somebody else or whatever. And you know what I'm saying? Because you're all over the place. And, yeah. Um, I, I just, I, I really feel like when we, that's one of my, not, I don't have regrets, but I'm saying like, I wish if I could do something different, totally I would have spent more time on self-love man mm-hmm. for myself and not for yes. somebody else see I'm I'm trying to get it from you know my 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 you know boyfriend at the time so I'm trying to get all this shit from him that I need that I should have been giving myself mm-hmm. and I thought that was relationships I thought it was like if I do all this stuff for you you'll do this back for me in return and and you know and so when I wasn't getting that I'm like what the fuck but I wasn't giving it to myself. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that is so important. What you said, I'm telling you, I totally agree with you. Cause I'm like, I wish that I spent more time learning myself and not mm-hmm. in relationships. And so my thing is when I get into relationships, I'm in like long relationships. <laughs> None of them are short. Right. And so I've pretty much spent my twenties in a relationship you know, um, my present relationship, I've been in this relationship since I was basically like 28, 29, I'm 30, about to be 37, you know, mm-hmm. damn, years. My relationship before that, I was in a relationship for five, six years. And that one is one of the ones, like, I'm not gonna say I regret it, but I wish that I wasn't in it because in my twenties, when my friends were traveling and having fun and still being free, like before we had true, true, true responsibility, I'm fucking sitting here in a relationship with somebody. They had a kid and daycare and taking care of their fucking kid and all this stuff. And should I have been doing that? No. You know, I should have been still living. Um, so a lot of stuff, I didn't even become really well traveled until my 30s because I spent my money and my time in a relationship. You know, like it's just like in it in 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 a relationship didn't even go anywhere. You know what I'm saying? And then before that, you know, I came from high school into college in a relationship, you know, like, and I just, I, I mean, you know, I wish that I took time for myself, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I don't know. That's, that's important. I really feel that way. I think that's one of my, if, if I could do a do-over, it would be that for sure. Because yeah. now I love I solitude. You, right. Same. And then it's like, yeah, you do anything to maintain that peace because you don't work so hard to get it. It's like, no. I think that we can, we should put ourselves first until we are in a committed relationship. Other than that, and when I say committed, I mean married. Other than that, no, you should. I think you should continue putting yourself first because this is like a trial error and error type thing. It's like I I don't think you shouldn't get in relationships with people, but I just don't think you should limit yourself to like one because it's like you're learning lessons along the way. And you'll have some lessons to learn that other people can bring you as well. I just don't think it's worth it in the end to sit up there and just be, you know, all wrapped up. Now, if you if you are not in a, how do you get to the committed relationship? If you like, when do you decide if you're dating, right? And then like, when do you decide that you want to be in a committed relationship? Well, who do you choose? How does that work? I think it will work on the one who's who's checked off most of the things on your list, if not all. Because I'm, I'm all for, I'm not settling. I think that what you want is out there. So it's like, if you're not checking all my boxes off, but I'm checking all yours off, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. 
I'm not doing it. And I have this um, vision in my head from reading all those history books and watching those old movies. How did they do it back then? They was like, no, a man would know. Like, first of all, a woman, she, like, they would be taking the woman out on dates, but a woman would be going on dates with different people. And then that man, when he did not, when he wanted her, like, for himself to do anything to make, to make her, you know, be, um, let him be his only one, what would he do? He would be like, okay, I want to marry you. Like, when I'm talking about, like, old, old times, they would be like, no, I know you are the one I want. Like, I don't want you with nobody else. I don't want to be with nobody else. I want you. So it's like, until it's like that. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, I think it's fair game. Like, if I feel like love is a game and you have to know how to play it and if you don't like i'm pretty inexperienced because i spent 13 years all of my middle school all of my high school uh in a relationship we don't even know each other we don't we don't know ourselves so how are we tied to each other like that for that long right you know only thing that could come out of that is trauma and that's what came out of it only good thing the best thing that came out of it was my child so it's like that's why i wouldn't really you know, try to change nothing about that because I feel like I could only get her from that partner. Like our energies together created her. Anybody else, it would be a different child. So it's like, okay, but I just don't want to do that again. You know, like I've done that before. And it's like, I tell myself too, well, I'm learning now, stop painting red flags green. Like you can see somebody's potential when you want, you know, you wish it could be a certain way and it looked like it could be. But if it's not, it's not. Girl, you know, concentrate on what it is and not what it, yes. you know, could be. Yes. The so. potential is a motherfucker. That, that's where I yeah. fucked up a lot, especially when I was yeah. young. Like, you know, I believe that we all have room to grow. You know, like I'm still growing, you know, right. I still grow every day in my relationship. I still grow as a mom, you know. Um, but at the same time, like, I definitely I used to fall in love with potential like you see this person and you love them so much like and you see it you're like well maybe if I gave them the, or, or help them like see this but you got I cannot it when you've done the work me and my therapist talk about this all the time it is so hard to be around people that haven't even began the work yeah that shit is like you be like huh what? yeah then I mean, have you second guessing yourself like no I've, I've been through that part already so that's why i'm at this point yes and it's so it's so hard to have friendships like that it's so hard to have just love relationships like and so that's why for me like i i totally if it's a red flag i'm, I'm totally going with the red flag just because we're older now and we shouldn't be yeah i'm a little bit older than you but i mean we shouldn't be at this point in the game having Toxic, toxic ass relationships. No, yeah, for what are having that? Yeah, but I mean, everything you're saying is so spot on. How what I really believe. Like I think, um, you have to learn yourself, you know, and do that love part yourself first. You know, mm-hmm. y'all have that conversation all the time. Like it's different if your girlfriend is saying you're great, like you, you know, encouraging you to a certain degree. But you should do some self-encouragement as well. Like, you do not be relying on somebody to be doing this shit for you because you got to start with yourself. That and I, and I hope he's in here with me, but I hope that he actually take heed to that going to school. Because I'm like, really, truly, though, because I wish that I would have I wish that I would have done that. And honestly, I would have not been I would have not done fucked up shit. I did fucked up shit to people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was a moment in there, you know, because I was hurt and I didn't actually talk about the hurt. And in turn, I'm I'm doing shit, you know, and now I'm fucking toxic and I'm out here floating around 
You know, it's probably a three a three year period there. You dated Mika. I don't know. It was crazy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you was going, what you got in that moment, but you know, but I can acknowledge that. Yeah, Surviving. I had to go back, girl. I had to apologize to everybody because I, yeah, because I had the relationship that I had, you know, going into college, and you know, and he cheated. He cheated all over me. You know, and I was so just tired, beat down from it, but just heartbroken, you know what I'm saying? And instead of like just processing that shit and whatever, I didn't. And, you know, I went into another relationship that I was tragic, you know, and on top of the fact, like that was my, my next relationship was my first female relationship. And I didn't know what was going on. It was like I was embarrassed. I, I was, embarrassed. was confused. Um, you know, I'm a very religious person. So I'm like, what, you know, all I ever heard was something crazy in regards to this. And so, like, I'm, I'm like just all, all over the place. So I was like, quote unquote, in the closet or whatever for like two years. Mm-hmm. And it was horrible because we we're like, we would go to gay spaces and um i couldn't even be gay with her <laughs> in a in a in a safe space with all people that's you know all having fun and i mean i wouldn't mm-hmm. her hand i wouldn't i mean it was crazy and it was and it was horrible looking back on it like it was a horrible i was horrible in that relationship because it wasn't right and i just but i at the moment that's all that's all i really could do and then i then like i was like okay after that i'm like all right mika like i feel like a liar for a very long time you know and I'm like, I can't do that anymore. But then after that, when I was like, I'm just going to be free. Right. And girl, once I was free, it wasn't good. I was free. Okay. And so, um, but I, but, but all of it came from, all of that came from her. And then me not navigating the her. And so mm-hmm. once I started like, doing like you know where i'm like growing up and maturing obviously but i was like i i, I don't i don't want to treat people like that because i don't want to be treated like that you know what i'm saying like and i know how i felt when i was lied to and i was cheating on like i don't want to do these things because this person broke me down so much now i'm toxic mm-hmm. it's just a fucked up thing like hurt people hurt people and that's a true statement see what i'm saying they're real yeah like they're real yeah and i was all over the place so you know um now i just love the work doing the work and i love like being in the spaces because if you actually lock into therapy um truly you really you really do see it and you really do feel better you know mm-hmm. um i don't have i don't go as intently as i did before i go to therapy once a month you know so i still go you know often but i go once a month and before like i told you i was going two three times a, a week every week mm-hmm. um for a year and then it then it you know kind of you know uh leveled off to like i think i would go once a week and then it leveled off to twice a month and now it's leveled off to once a month mm-hmm. um so it's cool but um all right so just to finish this up what is your long-term goals like where what are some things you're cooking up what are some things that you want to see for yourself i have a lot of goals um the one most that I've uh, most recently thought about or started taking more seriously is actually going back to get my PhD in social work, um, trying to do some clinical research out here, sort of like what the lady was doing um, in the 
in the in the Ace book that you sent me. I want to do stuff like that. Dr. Joy DeGry, DeGrew, she has her doctorate or her PhD in social work as well. And she, you know, gets to go and tell everybody about how much slavery has traumatized both, you know, white people and black people. Uh, white people because they had to keep up with the laws. So uh, I want to do stuff like that. Um, I'm taking this time. The application opens up in August. So I'm taking this time to just see what common things do I see or what, you know, pulls at me the most uh, with my clients as I'm working through. Um, and so that's one is to get my PhD. But my main one that I've always said um, since undergrad is to open a community center. I want it to be something like the Boys and Girls Club. Um, but I want it I want it bigger than that because I want different pieces, components to it. So, like, I want to be able to do individual therapy out of that same building, have the kids come after school, do their homework, but also learning some, um, learning different things about history, mental health, to just make, to help them become the best people that they can. Um, so, I want to do that. And what else? My community center, PhD, and oh, and my skincare business. I want to incorporate that in what as well because it's called the garden of shin so it's like right now i've been um trying to uh learn how to plant and take care of plants so i want all of that to be a part of it because some there are many plants i believe that all of our medicine that we need will grow out of the ground yeah. so it's like um the natural things that i use in my skincare business i want to eventually grow those things myself um and that's another component that I'll put to the community center is teaching the kids how to grow, how to grow food, how to grow different herbs for whatever reason so that we can just heal ourselves, you know. Um, so I just want something like that. I'm thinking for the community center, I've been, my initials are CRP. So I think I want to have it like the CPR center as a play on my initials, but CPR bring you back to life on different levels. Um, so I just, I want to do something like that. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. And, you know, honestly, um, I think you have an amazing spirit, you know, I think you do amazing work and, um, you know, that's why I wanted to bring you on because, you know, I love having these conversations with you and you really make sense. So, you know, and, you know, just keep doing the work, you know what I'm saying? It's your, what your work that you're doing is very important. And, um, you know, I believe in it and I think that we all should see a therapist, you know what I'm saying? And I think mm -hmm. the reason why I started this podcast is I wanted to just normalize these type of conversations because, you know, I, I feel like it helped me so much and it still helps me, you know, right. a lot of things, you know, I had a conversation with a therapist because, you know, just the other day, because I've been trying to figure out like, um, you know, I've been thinking about adopting and all this other stuff and like kind of how that might look and mm -hmm. you know, social worker. So she goes down this hole with me the whole session. And that's why I try to tell people like, don't always go to therapy for like what people think, like, like there's something necessarily wrong. And like, there was nothing wrong that day. You know, I just was talking to her about, you know, maybe something, maybe I had some fears, but maybe just like trying to figure the whole thing out. And she literally just sat and had, you know, conversations with me about it. She, she, you know, um, adopted one of her kids. I mean, it's just cool, you know, like to just have those safe spaces where, you know, somebody's not telling me something crazy out in the street, you know, like I'm actually mm -hmm. knowledge in a, in a safe way and just, you know, the good, the bad of it, you know, like all of that. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I think everybody should have one, 
somewhere in their pocket. And even if you do pop-in sessions, you know, um, I know I was talking to my, my sister and her husband, Matrice um, Germante, and even he was saying like, this is something new, them having a baby. And they probably will pop in and have a session or two just because this is a life-changing event. And then uh-huh. just to talk it out. And I'm like, and I think that's cool just to have the the know-how to just be like, yeah, we should probably do that and just do a few sessions and, you know, just to make sure we're good. Like even because parents ain't no fucking joke, you know? Right. And that's what you, I mean, you know, it's a whole nother belly of the beast. And then, you know, you're doing it with somebody else, you know what I'm saying? And like making sure you guys are all on. Um, and it's not always the easiest thing. So, uh, yeah. So I, I, I appreciate you and I appreciate you coming on today. And so let people know um, where they can find you. I still need to order my turmeric uh, soap from you for my face, <laughs> even though my face is getting better. But I had that mass acne. It was real. Um, so let people know where they can find you. And uh, go ahead. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram. Um, my Facebook is Chantel Parker. You can go on my business page at Garden of Shin, um, G-A-R-D-E-N. O-F-C-H-E-N. Um, if you're looking for mental health um, help, you can find me on Psychology Today as well. I'm up there. Um, the different services that I offer, um, I do in person as well as telehealth. So I'm pretty flexible with that. Um, and I will be in Charlotte June 12th um, doing a vending event with Garden of Shin. So I wish you would be up there that week. But I know you tell me you'll probably be gone. Yeah. Um, but people can come out and see me there too as well awesome. awesome yeah hopefully you come back here but yeah that's that day is the child's cookout for graduation mm-hmm. so i won't be in town but um i still need to order it and definitely order her products because you got some really cool stuff i was like dang i didn't even know last time you came on i was like dang look all this stuff so um and my sister wanted some some turmeric soap as well so we need to do that i need to do that keep you keep yeah. on but um and i might have to just leave it over there though i make it just drop it off and whenever you get back you can pick it up oh that worked too yeah, we'll talk about Elfline. That worked. Okay. So um especially on the twelfth, because I don't know if they're I don't know if they're coming down or not. Um, because it's getting close to having the baby. So I'm not really sure. But um, but yeah, this was great. And uh, like like I said, like uh, I think you're dope. I appreciate you. I thank you so much for coming on. Um, don't forget guys to rate the show. Um, definitely go on, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts and all that. It's really important. Uh leave me um a good review and five stars. And also make sure you follow the show so you can get the episode updates. Uh, you can find the show on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Audible, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find the show. Um, I do appreciate you guys for always supporting the show. Um, definitely follow me on social media. My Instagram is at it's just my house underscore podcast. My Twitter is at IJMT Podcast. Um, if you ever want to be a part of the show, you can email me at IJMTPodcast at gmail.com. Like always, I thank you so much for listening. Thank you, and I appreciate you.